Hello and welcome to the UI Chat Podcast from the Interface, the monthly show talking about everything ubiquity and networking. I'm your host, Alex, and once again, I'm joined by Evan McCann, filling in for Willie Howe. Welcome, Evan. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. Nice one. How are you doing? Good. How are, did you get your new phone yet? I did. I got my new phone, yeah. Yeah, all good. I know, I, I know this isn't ubiquity, but yeah, I just got my... Uh, you have 15 Pro? Yep, 15 Pro. Nice. Yeah, yeah. What, <clears throat> what color? I went for a white titanium. So I got oh, another, okay. the blue uh, fine woven case. I'm not... I quite like the case. I've seen quite a few bits and pieces online about people saying, "Oh, they're not very good," but I quite like it. But, so yeah, I've I've heard the same. <laughs> All good. Um, it's been a busy month for Ubiquity again. Um, got a quite a big big amount of show notes here. So, um, I can get started with the update on Unify Identity uh, and Identity Enterprise. I think we touched on this. I think we maybe touched on this last episode. I can't quite remember. Um, but basically, yeah. it's just some pricing changes to the to the subscription, and also what comes free has got a bit less than it used to be. I think that's right. Yeah, what we covered last time was they they made an announcement that something was coming. Um, this is the what was coming. So they they did officially rename it. Was, it used to be UID, now it's Unify Identity, and it's okay. referred to everywhere there. Um, but the big changes was the the pricing and and the new free unlimited user plan. So I think they have three different versions of UI or Unify Identity now. <laughs> they have the free version, the enterprise version, and then the uh, I think it's the EA free version. So it's a little confusing, but there's tiers and there's a lot of changes with what features are where and all that. Yeah, so we got we've got a sort of identity identity enterprise as you said, and then. Yeah, it, hopefully there was some there was some murmurings about it's going to be there's less for free essentially, um, but it looks like that there's going to this is this looks like a good addition to Unified Entity. So, well, yeah, it actually seems like there's more for free uh, yeah. if you're looking at I, I don't know if it's the basic plan or the enterprise basic plan, <laughs> whatever you want to call that free version. Um, that it used to be, I think, the five user limit single site. Yeah. Now they have, I think, the more expanded free version, which is um, six, still a single site, but it's unlimited users, and there's a, a subset of features that are there. So that's like the what used to be UID Wi-Fi and UID VPN. Now they just call it one-click Wi-Fi and one-click VPN. Um, door access, the EV charging. That's all part of you know the new free plan. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of specifics in that that mm. announcement that they have, and it's yeah, uh, still still in progress. Some features are still rolling out, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are happy to see the you know non-user cap free option there. Yeah, and then you get um, up to three SSO apps, um, which is an early access feature. So as I mentioned last episode, I used to use UID at the place I used to work before Hostify, um, and. I never really got a chance to play with it, and I'm not entirely sure what it does. So, <laughs> I don't know if you know what the SSO apps are. Yeah, I, I don't think. I, yeah, that's a coming soon. More details to come mm. type of feature. But yeah, my my impression is that you'll be able to sign in. So that's I mean single sign on SSO. Um, so I, I don't know like what kind of apps they're planning to integrate, but I can imagine like you could log into Jira or your ticketing system or, yep. you know, those kind of things. And, and your identity source would be Unify and you could log in without having a, a separate account for, for those up to three. Or if you pay per month, you get un, unlimited. 
Yeah, there's also something interesting I found in here. On the standard plan, you get MDM for Mac, so they sort of mm -hmm. get into the device management um, sort of world as well, which is interesting. So, yeah, and I I, I saw that too, and I that was news to me in, mm. in that um, uh, you know the release saying the new plan was coming. Um, so I, I think that's possibly EA that feature specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm curious if they're going with like a third party for mobile device management or that's something they're doing because I think that would be new. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So there's a link in these show notes. Um, and if you're watching us on YouTube, there's a link in the description to basically there's a massive post that you've actually put out with all the, it's like a table of what features features are going to come to what thing. So looks pretty good. And if you're in the market for device management and people management, I guess, it's uh, UID, Unified Identity is pretty good. So. Awesome. Yeah. Now you can charge your EV with Unify. <laughs> um, and there's also a note here. We mentioned last month that um, yeah, UID is going to be a Unify identity going forward, and that's going to be within Unify OS 3.1.16. Um, it's interesting that they've changed it. I guess UID was a bit a bit confusing for some people, not too sure, unless you knew what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's part of their push with this new free tier. They're mm -hmm. trying to get more people aware of it, and you know, le less acronym, uh, less acronyms, the better. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's also some follow-up from last episode. So I think you found out what DNS Shield was. Um, so that's essentially just the is that just DNS fallback? I guess. Well, the, yeah, those are that's what we were confused about. They're mm. two separate things. So we were thinking maybe DNS Shield was that, um, yep. but no, that's specifically called DNS Fallback, where they kind of have an invisible mm. DNS server. If if you know if you have a custom one and, and it's not responding, they have kind of a global fallback in place. They don't really say what that is. I don't know if that's a service they run or mm. if that's just like pointing to Google eight 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 eight. But that's what fallback is. So I'm still not sure what DNS Shield is. I, I don't know if you've seen anything else about that. I. I think I found something. I think it's, I think it is uh, HTTPS DNS. Mm, that I, makes sense. I was looking into it for a piece of content for Hostify, and I remember doing some research on it, and it was something called DOH, so called DNS over HTTPS. So yeah. essentially designed to offer more secure transmission of DNS requests here. Um, right. And I think that still requires uh, Unify OS 3.2. It does, so. yeah. More more details coming. Yeah, um, should make things a little bit more secure, which is good. Always good to see. Um, but yeah, that global fallback thing. I think I remember UI Glenn puts me in the community at some point. It was if the DNS settings that you've put in aren't working for whatever reason, they just I think it just falls back to Google's DNS, as you said. Um, yeah. Or whatever's or whatever's been set. So. Right, and there, fallback is there as of three point one point sixteen. Yep. I think Shield is three point two. That's right, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, some good additions to Unify. Um, the next thing we're going to look at is this is this video from Chris. Uh, so Chris uh, Sherwood from Crosstalk Solutions made this really cool video on all the different types of VPN that um, you can get within Unify, uh, Ubiquiti um, Unify. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in here that I was... Yeah, there's a lot more stuff than I remembered there was. <laughs> so it's um really, really good video. Really go really goes in depth into the types of VPN that you can get within Unify, so pretty good. Yeah, I, I just added that because I, I saw that um, video after we were talking about mm. teleport versus site magic and all the, you know, it's it's helpful to have one video to kind of look at all the different options, and yeah, he, he covers it well. Yeah, tons of stuff. So you've got teleport, VPN, 
you got firewall rules for the VPN. You've also got site to site, the old-fashioned site to site, and then that new site magic, which um, isn't available on self-hosted stuff. So you have to have a unified OS console, which is a bit uh, not great, but it is what it is. So, right. <laughs> um, and then one more thing here was that Ubiquiti has released a brand new design.ui.com. I haven't even seen this yet. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to play with the, the new design center, but so I'm looking at it well, now. The, yeah. Yeah. Th this was the um, consulting kind of offering that they um, we found last time, mm. but we didn't really we weren't sure what it was. So they they did actually have like an announcement tweet about that. Um, so it is something they're doing. They didn't really <laughs> provide any more details. They just said fill out this form and contact us. We'll we'll get back to you. But yeah, yeah, it's official. Yeah, I don't know if the, I've just gone to design.ui.com as well, like a wizard page, and it's got. It looks new. I haven't looked at this center for a little while. I don't know if this is what I'm looking at is actually new, but it looks like yeah. Well, yeah. At experts.ui.com is the new part. Cool. Um, right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So no more information on that. But so that's all the little bits and pieces we had from last episode. Just the follow-up items. Um, I'm gonna get 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 into the actual new stuff now. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So there was. A new Unify update released seven five one seven four, um, and at Hostify we actually had to pull it um, from from releases because it was it was going to cause some problems. And do you, I think you know? Do you know a bit more about what happened with this? It was the fact that some Wi-Fi networks weren't getting broadcast properly. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, what the issue was was um, after seven point five point one seven four was released as a release candidate, people were installing that, and then their Wi-Fi networks were being paused. So it was showing in the GUI as paused, which means, you know, we're not going to broadcast that yep. network. So I think it just, it flipped the pause on. Um, so that's why they pulled that, and I guess why you guys pulled it yep. as well. That's right. So, uh, .176, the new, I think it's still currently a release candidate. It's um, actually GA is. as of yesterday now, which is good. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the um, the next GA version then. But yeah, that, that minor, minor um, version bump was just to fix that little bug. Yeah. And then within 174, we got all of those huge, huge additions. I think we spoke about last episode. So you got latency test. Um, there's a, a ton of stuff for six gigahertz in there. The DNS shield, we spoke about um, that new topology view. So massive, massive update. And uh, 176 it has all those improvements in there as well, which is really good. Yeah, and um, 7.5 is now in early access. Um, the biggest thing I saw for that was why, um, private pre-shared keys. Um, so that's like a PPSK network. No. I don't know a ton about that. No, um, I didn't either. But I, I yeah. know a lot of people are very excited about that. Um, it's just like a basically you have a, a unique password per client rather than hmm. one shared um, pre-shared key for, for the whole network. So yeah, that and uh, some more IPv6 work which is always good to see. Yeah, so just to clarify, that's 75185, that one. Correct. Um, and there's also some information about 24-volt passive to get a better clarity on if you're enabling it and that sort of thing. There's also something about limiting auto backup options to, to prefer, uh, preserve storage, sorry. Um, so yeah, uh, nice update. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never heard of that pre-shared key thing with Wi-Fi before, so be interested to see how that works. I don't know if that's a WPA3 thing, but... No, I, I believe it's still WPA... Two, I could be incorrect, but yeah, I, I would have to do a little bit more digging because um, that, that's a pretty new thing to me. Yeah. Um, the other thing from seven five that was interesting was the 
uh, they have a new dashboard for Wi-Fi only setups. Yeah. So I'm like, is that if you don't have a unified gateway yeah, in I the desktop so. view? Yeah, it's not like a, the standalone. Like if you just use the mobile app in a single AP and you have that standalone setup, mm. that's always been very limited. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if they maybe updated that as well. But yeah, it sounds like it's just for those without a unified gateway. Yeah, I haven't really looked at this this update yet, um, but I think so. So we, well, we get a lot of customers that just have um, unified APs uh, without any gateways. So it's quite a nice sort of, you get more information about wasting screen real estate, so that's quite good. Right, because yeah, ever since at least in all the seven releases, the um, when you don't have a unified gateway, the the dashboard is very yeah, yeah. Um, very blank. Not many, you know, not many graphs or details or anything. So it's good they're they're working on that because yeah. a lot of people do deploy that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's so seven five one eight five is currently in EA, and then just to clarify, seven five one seven six is as of yesterday. It's now GA, so you can go ahead and update your device if you want to. Um, next thing we're going to look at is the mobile router. So um, I reviewed this for Hostify. I think I'm the only person who's reviewed it so far. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's massively popular. And I think that's mainly to do with how it's been marketed. It uh, marketed, um, and the way Ubiquiti marketed it is towards fleet. It's very specific, very niche sort of use case, but towards fleet management. Um, and I think some people have been, I think some people thought that it was a hotspot thing that would integrate with Unify prop like nicely. So if you got a Unify network at home, it, you could take it with you. It's sort of VPN back to the the home network, but it doesn't really do that. Um, and it requires a subscription to manage it remotely, which is goes against what Unifies have been about a little bit. Um, but there's an update for it, one point six point three, which got released to GA last week. Uh, and it allows you to put an OpenVPN client on the UMR itself, uh, and then you can use a touchscreen to turn on the uh, the VPN as well, which is quite quite nice. So, I think I think if you were planning to use it for a like a mobile hotspot when you're traveling that sort of thing, um, there are better devices out there for it. But at least it does have some nice features now. Um, and then that sort of use case for it sort of lends in nicely to the the UMT as well. Um, so there's an FCC filing the other day, um, which is something called the Unify Mobility Tracker. And there's a letter of a description in the FCC filings. It says the Unify Mobility Tracker is a weatherproof asset tracking device with integrated LTE camera. And it says uh, use M1 technology, which I'm not entirely sure what that is, uh, for location tracking and reporting. So, yeah, it sort of it looks like they're doing business like fleet management stuff with it. And expanding that a little bit so interesting sort of use case for it yeah and i i still personally get confused with the lte backup lte backup pro versus the mobile router lte backup is just like you have a home network you want cellular data as a backup internet connection this yep. mobile router is like you have an rv or you're on a trade show floor and you just need a, a single device to give you mobile data and a, and a local network to use and yeah, the the UMT, I I just heard about that now from you. Um, you'd, you'd think maybe they would include that with the mobile router, or maybe have like a mobile router pro that includes GPS and and that tracking ability. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it needs to be a separate device. And I'm you know curious, is it like an AirTag size or is it larger? What's that device? And yeah, pro- probably points to them building out more equipment for the for that kind of use case. I would imagine. Yeah, so it has 2.4 gig only, which makes it sound like it's got Bluetooth. And then yeah. uh, there's some antennas for it, and there's a label location. There's no real... So when you go on the FCC, there's things that are removed and things that are 
able to be viewed by the public and the schematics and sort of the photographs are all hidden which is a shame right well actually and i'm looking at the mobile router mobile router page now yeah it has integrated gps it does yeah so is this this is a tag one to add to other equipment i guess maybe for tracking other equipment that you're sending out to that site or, or that location maybe yeah it says asset tracking um which i don't know i don't know what they're thinking i think i think with the mobile router so when you have fleets and that sort of thing you usually have to get gps tracking fitted afterwards and there's a lot of wiring there's a lot of wiring and sort of uh third party work needs to be done to that vehicle to get it tracked um where this is sort of like an add-on device and i think we mentioned last episode or mentioned before that amazon delivery drivers this would be beneficial for them because the added gain of the antenna the added gain of the umr would in theory outweigh what their phone could do and you get might get better mobile coverage and also you could track where the vehicle is i'm not i don't know what this is for um but yeah so we shall we'll see, see. <laughs> and then you added something to the show notes which i completely missed because there's so much stuff happening all the time <laughs> um the ltu line of devices so for people unaware uh, uh usp ltu is sort of the next generation of air max and it's very custom uh, for a long time, the flexibility that we had with Air Max, you just couldn't do with LTE. So you couldn't, you couldn't, for example, set point to points of two devices like Canal Station Loco. It just wasn't possible until now. Uh, so they released 1.5.1. Um, it looks like you can. You can point to point all the CPU models, uh, CPE models, sorry, which makes things a lot more flexible. That's really good to see. Yeah, uh, next generation Air Max is is putting it. Mildly, I, mean, I think the LTU. I think it's 2018, give or take, was when that was yeah, first yeah. rolled out. And the equipment there, it's always been kind of a weird mix because the Airfiber 5X HD, mm-hmm. which is like a connectorized point-to-point or um, you know like base station for yep. a bunch of CPE, um, that is technically part. I think it's the same silicon as the LTU Rocket, that's which right. is a connectorized AP for LTU networks, and that's what I used when I was working for Wisp. Um, yeah, a, a lot of LTU stuff. But yeah, the, the new feature, which I think has been long promised, just like a lot of stuff with LTU, um, they, you know, they basically when LTU launched, they said, you know, we're going to do XYZ feature and some of those things still aren't here. I think this is one of those things. So I'm, I'm very excited to see that. Um, what the software release does, it allows you to take the small CPE radios, which you'd normally have like on a home. You know, if you have like a point to multi-point network, you'd have... 10 LTU lights on 10 different houses and you, you know, use the rocket to distribute the signal to them. But this allows two LTU lights to communicate directly or LTU Pro, all their other CPE radios. So it's, it's adding a feature to existing hardware that I'm pretty sure has been promised for years, <laughs> but uh, still always happy to see movement on Airfiber, Air Max, LTU, all of their equipment on that side of the business. Yeah, it's such a, it's like, even though it's probably less popular than Unify is now, um, it's just nice that they're sticking to it because what else is there? Um, I mean, you got for this sort of thing, you got Cambium, but I've used that before and it's too expensive and not great. And then you got uh, TP-Link do their own point-to-point service. It's just it's just great that Ubiquiti is sticking with it because there's nothing really out there to like it. Um, but yeah, mo- 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 I'm I'm more familiar with this than probably most people listening, <laughs> but yep. um, Mimosa is a similar price to performance kind of range. Mm. Cambium is definitely high end, but yeah, I, the Ubiquity's always been kind of a, a sweet spot for mm. nice nice software, good interface, cheap hardware, 
relatively good performance, you'll get way better performance out of Cambium or, or more expensive gear. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But L two is, you know, not bad. I'm the the last big shoe I'm waiting to drop is they released something called the UISP Horn, uh, maybe a year ago. Yep. Which is like a standalone antenna for this kind of equipment, and it mentions support for up to I think it's six four gigahertz or you know the mid yep. mid range six gigahertz so i'm still waiting for either an ltu radio that supports you know uh 6e six gigahertz um or maybe some air fiber air max equipment that does so they still haven't kind of gotten into the six gigahertz range which you know i, I believe mimosa has and a lot of you know other cambium has as well vendors. i believe yeah yes yep. so a lot of vendors in that space already have because it was it was difficult when 6e was new um, especially for outdoor operation, there's a whole separate system that's similar to DFS where you need to coordinate and you need to back off if there's existing, mm. you know, people in that space. So it, it was complicated to get those rules finalized and get that system operational. So I know that was part of the delay, mm. but, uh, you know, other vendors have that equipment. Why hasn't ubiquity? And I think it comes back to them investing in Unify and mobile routers and all that other stuff where they're actually selling a lot of equipment. And I yep. think they're selling less LTUs and Air Max, and that's why they're kind of slower. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the USB horn's cool. I've got one on the floor over there. Um. Oh, you have one? Yeah, one sec. There you go. So is, is that just the Air Max, or what's on the... So, this is... Uh, I don't know if you can see that. That's an LTU rocket on the back there. And okay. It's, it's a big old thing. Um got it for a video yeah but yeah it's it's really well made and i've i've looked at the um rf element stuff before and i think this is probably similar sort of build construction um and quality yes. yeah so yeah we used rf elements great equipment great horns um they have you know a wide range of asymmetrical horns and symmetrical horns um dishes all that stuff so it looks kind of like a knockoff <laughs> rf elements so, like it looks very similar in design um but yeah, now we just need six gigahertz radius to go with it. Yeah, I noticed that the UISP dish as well. Um, that's very similar to RF Elements Ultra dish. Um, very similar looking thing, and the mounting situation on the back is very similar. Um, the the one thing that horn does really well is the um, GPS looks to be integrated in the back. So oh, no more external GPS antenna. It's all in here, I think, because the, there's connectors oh, okay. for it inside, um, but there's mm -hmm. no. There's no uh, external thing that you have to hide away like you do with USP um, or the RF elements, sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. With the RF elements twist port adapter, That's you kind of have to yeah. wrap and Yeah. Wrap a little external GPS puck and yeah. put it in there. But, yeah. Benefits of <laughs> building both parts, you can just integrate it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Uh, I think you're right. I think I think they're focusing on things that are going to make them money. Um but hopefully they do do six gigahertz at some point because even RF elements actually have got six gigahertz stuff out now. Um, it's just for there's no particular um, brand that they mentioned. It just says we've got some new stuff out. Um, so pretty cool. Don't know if we can. Well, I think we could talk about this. It's fine. So the software for this is in beta, and um, so it's the Solar Point. I don't think many people are going to know what this is, um, but I've got one, um, and. The last software update for it, I think, was 2021 or 2020. Um, so three years ago, 1.1.5 was released, or 1.1.15, 1.1.5, and that was uh, the December 2020, so that was ages ago. Right, yeah, th this um, 
not super relevant. Probably not many people have this equipment kicking around anymore. Um, I just thought it was funny, especially because we were talking about the edge routers and uh, edge switches. They've been kind of on, you know, one dot nine forever. And this was like out of, out of the blue. Here's two dot for stuff we haven't sold for years ago. You know, for years. Um, so hey, maybe there's hope for Edge Max yet. One thing it did fix was so on the Solar Point, I'll put a, I'll put a picture of my one on screen. Um, but it has a weather forecast which has famously been broken for ages. Um, so basically, you go on the screen and put in the, you drop a pin on the map where the Solar Point is, and it it will give you a forecast of what it thinks the the system will be doing. One thing I noticed with this software that it seems to be charging faster. Um, it seems to be in, I haven't got any data to back it up, but just my observation of the device, it seems to be charging a bit more efficiently in the same sort of light conditions as before. Uh, so I don't know if they've fixed some of the charging mechanisms, I'm not really sure. But um, So we're actually they've actually released two versions of software. One was end of August, they released 2.0 and that had a new forecast provider, which is what I mentioned, and some bits and pieces of fix, and they released beta 2 not so long ago and that had some other things so yeah it's really it's really good um i think i think they are still selling it because when the store was redone the solar point's still there it's just out of stock and people have been asking for the last three years where is it where is it i think they've been prioritizing um with the chip shortages i don't know if that's still happening but prioritizing things that are actually going to sell they do have a use case um and they seem to be focusing again on power things because we've got the usp power pro and the usp power so again these are very very specific niche things for wisps um but yeah it's it's really good so yeah i didn't realize that they were still in the store though they are um mm. so yeah i guess good that they're still supporting the software if they're still selling it yeah they've been out of stock for ages and if you if you search the the SKU for the product there's a there's a msp in in the uk that says they're awaiting a delivery of 20 uh of 12 and it just says they've got no eta of them <laughs> right it's probably they've been that way for three years mm. we shall see what happens but they've updated the logos on the on the software and some other bits on there so it's it's all good i spotted this on on the forums of the day and then it just just tucked away in a thread that a three-page thread <laughs> on the forums um was a something that ubiquity never does which is a is a roadmap for a, a product um <laughs> so unify talk roadmap we've now got an eight-step roadmap for unify talk which is awesome so Right. It's weird that it, it's a, it's just a comment in a thread and it's not like an official announcement. So maybe they'll do that later. But I mean, you, you've definitely used Unify Talk way more. Is there stuff in this list that you're excited about or you think it would be, you know, uh, yeah, the only thing I've, deal? The only thing I've played around with Unify Talk is I've got, I managed to import them from the US before you could, well, I've actually imported them from the US, um, the, old, the uh, ATA device and then the Talk Flex, which is actually discontinued, um, that plastic foam was like $29. Um, it's cool. The thing I'm looking forward to is number three is expansion to the UK because I will I will end up using it. Um, and the soft phone's really good. And for people with Starlink, the fact that it will work with with CarGrade Nap is a really really good addition. Um, I didn't realize that the this number six one. So Chris Chris, uh, Chris Sherwood knows more about VoIP than anyone really, and he said that this address configuration per phone numbers apparently. He was surprised he didn't have it anyway. It's quite an important thing for safety. So when you ring up the emergency services, it 
somehow the address gets shared. Um, and yeah, that's that's really important. I'm surprised he didn't have it either. Um, so yeah. Yeah, Chris uh, from Crosstalk definitely mm. would be my go-to person to learn more about that. But yeah, I saw that same tweet. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's really important for safety because yeah, if you have a location or you have a business with multiple locations, different even, you know, addresses within the same county, at least in the U.S., um, you could potentially be going to a different 911 provider. So the fact that you couldn't do per phone number, which could be per location or... Um, you know, if you can't provide your address to 911 or, yeah. you know, emergency providers, that's that's a big safety uh, issue. Yeah. And the next one is a, a next generation Unify Talk phone at lineup. But I was confused about that because the phones sort of got refreshed anyway. Um, but And there was some stuff that got removed. So as I mentioned, the, there's a plastic phone, the Talk Flex, which just mysteriously disappeared. Um, that was quite a good price. And they've got all three of the devices at the moment. They've got the Touch Max, Touch, and then the ATA. So what a next-generation talk phone up lineup means, I'm not entirely sure. But My understanding of those devices, they're basically Android devices. Like yep. those touchscreens are basically... I, th- I think last time I looked, it might have been a, a while ago, mm-hmm. but uh, they had a very old version of Android that they were kind of customizing. So I bet the next generation is either a newer version of Android or maybe something custom-built. Um, and maybe they'll have a replacement for that. I think it was like, what, $29 flex? Yeah, yeah. You know, something really cheap. Because if, if people want to go all in on talk, they're going to need those hardware options and new new hardware would, would be nice. Yeah. No, it's really good. It's As I said, it is a weird that it was hidden away. Um, but we shall see. It's had a lot of views. So 1.2 thousand views on that thread. So definitely something people want to see. So we had an outage again with the Unify portal for quite a while. I think there was two outages back to back, which is quite funny but this was when we i think so we're recording on the 26th of september this was on september 19th um and there was some maintenance and some outage that happened so it was quite quite a long time that that was down for so yeah i mean i i I didn't pay too close of attention to this i know that there was an issue with backups i think this is unrelated and that was maybe in august it's unrelated with yeah that was an issue where um, if you signed in with your UI.com account and did their auto backup, I believe those backups were not able to be restored or they weren't being saved. I don't know the specifics on that issue, but this was separate. Yeah. This was when you go to unify.ui.com to access remotely your devices and manage them through that portal. Yeah, that that was at an outage, and I think it was it was either I don't know if it was Ubiquiti's fault or AWS's fault, which they used for their their hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one big thing I saw that I, I didn't know that existed before, status.ui.com. I don't think that's new, but no, I just not. I never knew that was there. Oh, no, it's, it's which built. Which is a handy little. Yeah, it's built upon. Um, so I get SMS. I get SMS alerts when their stuff goes down, but it's built upon, um, uh, I think, Atlassian, Atlassian um, mm-hmm. status pages. Um, but no, this is, this is not new at all. I think it's been here for ages. Um, and it's got bigger and bigger with more stuff on it. Um, but that's where all the ashes get get talked about. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I knew it wasn't new. I just I either knew about it and forgot it existed. Or I just rediscovered it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a handy thing to have bookmarked in case you have any issues. Um, just check out status.ui.com. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and just to, I think there's some confusion with the the way it works a little bit. So with it's not necessarily that the devices are getting hosted there, and people may think, oh, if the cloud goes down, you're not going to log into anything at all. It's simply a cloud broker. 
Um, mm-hmm. So when you, so unlike any other service service user of the cloud um, with Ubiquiti stuff, it basically does a handshake. This is why this is why it works so well over CarryGrade now. Is that it just does a handshake over the device reaches out to the cloud, does a handshake between you and the device, and then the cloud becomes irrelevant. It just it's just there to initiate the connection, and you actually do peer to peer between the the MVR the whatever device you've got. It's quite a unique way of doing things. Um, it probably reduces their cloud cost doing it that way as well. Um, and, and for privacy as well, it's really, really important. So, Right. And this, this outage was just for like administrative That's right. or, or, you know, viewing the device yep. access. Like if you're, if you were on that network, you were still, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you had local internet connection, you, yep. you still had internet access and all that. But uh, kind of weird to have them fumbling a few times on, you know, something so core to their, their product. I know. Yeah, hopefully it gets sorted. And then um, you've labelled this as boring merch, which I kind of little, I agree with agree with a little bit. <laughs> um, I've got some original merch that you've actually has got some of their t-shirts and hats and things. Um, and they discontinued it when they changed their logo, and they've just released some new stuff. This was about a month ago now. Um, and you are right; it's not very um, imaginative. Just simply some t-shirts and things. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I don't have any of their old merch, but I've seen it. Um, I think it was typically like blue and at least said like Ubiquity. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm, they've had a few different things. But yeah, they, they have new merch and it's just, okay, do you want something that's black and has a U on it? Yep. <laughs> so that's why I was like, that's the least creative, um, you know, boring merch I've seen. But cool that you can you can rep Ubiquity if, if people know what that U stands for. Yeah, so they've got hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and beanies. Uh, the prices are actually okay, but there is just the one color, as you said. Uh, and it's only on sale in the US, um, which uh, I guess they'll expand it at some point because it was very, very delayed expansion to the other areas of the world. Um, but as of as of recording, it's only available in the US still. So, yeah, their their merch roadmap is probably in a comment thread somewhere. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then I didn't really know because I don't do much. Well, I don't do any cable deployments really. But I didn't know that a cable raceway was actually a thing. It's sort of like trunking. Mm-hmm. It's got a, it's quite a funny name for it, really. Um, and this was actually spotted by Cody in one of his videos. Um, and it's just a cable management system for the Unified Dreamwall and different shapes for it. So I guess it's to make, because the Unified Dreamwall is all is just a one piece product. Everything's, yeah, it's all all in all, all in one design. Um, it just makes cabling management a bit easier, I guess. So. Yeah, raceway is a term I know. Um, okay. I think of I think of this more generally as like conduit. Yeah, it's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Basically, a tube you put cables into. So a cable raceway is is usually like form fitted rigid plastic. So that's exactly what this is. Where yep. it's just it's an angled um, thing that you can run cables out of the dream wall into and then run it down to you know wherever they're going. So it's nice that that they're addressing that. I remember I kind of poked fun at the original dream wall announcement. Because they have all those really pretty images of like these neat, perfect cable runs going out, and then I know like in the installations like Cody has done and other people have done, it, the way you want to do it is have it go into the wall, so mm-hmm. they just come right out of the dream wall and go directly in, and then you know run to wherever they need to. But to make it cleaner, you know, if if you don't have the ability to get into the wall, which is the case for a lot of people that if it's not new construction, you don't want to have to like rip out the drywall, yep. run cable behind, patch it up. So yeah, using a cable raceway or some sort of cable cover, you know, conduit, whatever, um, probably makes the dream wall, you know, an easier install for a lot of people that are, 
you know, not building a brand new house. Yeah, uh, it's quite well priced. I don't really know what this sort of thing should be priced about, but it says it's about $20, $20 well, 26 euros for some of these items. So uh, as of as of recording, the UK store is gone still. <laughs> it came back for like one day. Um, so you have to order stuff from the EU again, which is quite funny. So, Wait, back up. There's, they got rid of the UK store? Yeah, so uk.store.ui.com was... If you went to that domain, it would say uh, it's down for maintenance. There was some problem with, I guess, importing stuff here because the stock wasn't... It, the stock levels between the EU store and the UK store were never never comparable. There was basically barely anything on the UK store, and they've got rid of it. Um, so now, if you want to buy stuff from the UK, you have to go to eu.store, and then you click the country drop-down. So, uh, and that means you have to buy everything in, dollar, in euros, which makes... Uh, accounting a bit of a pain so <laughs> right that's yeah that's odd i'm, I'm sure it, yeah i think you're right it, it sounds like it's probably just trouble getting products imported or, or yep. setting up a store there but that's weird that that just went away well i doubt they would have pulled out because they went to the effort of actually creating an official limited well, official company for importing stuff here with their head office and um dedicated warehouses because there was when you when you got an invoice from the store it had details of the of the like a company number and you could do research on where that company is and who who owns it and stuff um so i doubt they would have gone to that much effort just to get rid of it a few months later so right and unified talk is coming to the uk they specifically called that out uh in q3 which uh q3 expired q3 is over in four days so <laughs> we shall see better get on it yeah they, they need to get on that <laughs> and i think as of the first of october i think it's officially q4 so funny uh and then just before we started recording there was some things that you noted on the store that the names have changed for certain switches now i think this is to do with making things easier but then you pointed out that some of them aren't very consistent or good so just do you want to talk about what what you mean yeah i i I could go off here just because um i did just i just updated my unified network comparison charts so i was going through you know line by line for little typos and stuff like that and i noticed um i don't know if this changed when they updated the store back like whatever two months ago Mm. or over the summer but i just noticed that especially a lot of the first gen switches were renamed so what i was used to was like the us dash port number and then if it's a poe model so it'd be like us 8 150 watt um those SKUs are still the same but they have kind of new marketing terms on top of that Mm. um so like that US 8150 watt is now 8 PoE SFP Gen 1. Um, the one part I do like is that they specifically call out Gen 1 because I always knew that the, the the SKUs that start with US are first generation. Yep. The SKUs that start with USW are the second generation, but like no one seemed to know that and they didn't really call attention to that. So it's nice that they're specifically saying, hey, this is a first generation switch, but just like the 8 PoE SFP... Um, some of the XG models are like 6X, 10GBE. It, it just, it's very clunky. Mm. And I just don't, I, I've seen this a bunch, um, like their their access points have been, they went from <laughs> U6 to um, access point 6 to like, they just, they throw new marketing names on top of the same product over and over. Mm. And I just saw that, you know, they just did it again with the switches and I think they made it slightly more confusing. One thing I noticed in the, so if you look at that 8 uh, 150 watt switch again, 
um, in the SKU field, they've put the period budget as well. So 150 watt doesn't mean is the actual period budget because there is some watches left over for the actual device itself. But they've put they've put that period budget in, there, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think they did that for all of them, which is mm. nice because that specifically calls out. Like I know on the the USW 16 POE, that's the second generation rack mount 16 port. That has a very low POE budget. I mm. think it's 40, 42 or forty five watts. Yeah, because it's yeah, yeah, it's a it's a sixty watt power supply, but then you need to run the switch, so there's only forty or so watts available for POE. So I I do like that was one like calling out Gen one, calling out the POE budget because it is kind of misleading when you see one fifty, mm. but it's actually whatever one twenty for for POE devices. So good changes and weird changes and it's confusing and they'll they'll probably change it again next month so yeah i, I learned the hard with that switch because i had two or three two floodlights plugged into it so the, the unified protect floodlights and i was like oh um like i noticed i could something went offline when they were the lights were on i was, it didn't clock that that was happening i was like oh it's actually gonna hit it's actually hitting budget when the lights come on because they draw so much power um <laughs> so i had to put a second switch in so yeah, it's got a very small amount of POE budget, that's that switch. Yeah, and I mean, Ubiquiti's always been a little squishy with POE because they, you know, they, you know, would qu- quote the, you know, the power supply number and then way down low they would say, hey, it's actually only 42 for POE. Um, and then they do quote, like, for access points and probably for cameras and stuff like that, they quote the maximum you know, so it kind of encourages people to overbuy. Where you see an access point might use up to thirteen. So hey, I can only put two or three on this switch, but you might be able to get away with more. Um, and then of course, sometimes in hardware revisions, APs like I think the U6 Pro has switched between needing PoE plus and not. I, I think it was the U6 or the U6 Pro. But yes. yeah, it, it seems like it's yeah. it's constantly evolving, and they can't kind of be consistent and direct with those things yeah when the u6 pro was launched i think it required 18 and now does af which is quite good and then right yeah with the subject of period they have with the recent versions of unify they have made the visibility of how much period your device is using really really clear uh so on the period switches even the udms as well um it just tells you exactly how much period budget you have left and how much you're using currently it's really really clear so it's really good yeah, I love that change, and it, it seems like they probably had a, a ton of feedback about all of that, and that's why they're making it clear on the store pages, making it clear in the interface. Um, all all good changes there. I think you mentioned what you're what you've been working on recently. So your uh, famous Unify network and comparison charts have been updated again. Um, so yeah, just want to talk about talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the the last big version I had, I think, it was April. Um, so I, there wasn't a, a ton of new products. Usually if, you know, if there's a new, like I remember when like the dream wall was released, that was like, Hey, time to update. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't really anything specific that encouraged me to do this, but just kind of cleaning up, um, the switch rebranding. Um, and because of the store changes, they have different categories now. So they, they have the quote unquote standard switches and they have the utility category. Mm. So I, I've added a, I added a few for, for those just to kind of easily compare those categories. Um, and then, yeah, just, just in general fixing things. I did a lot of work on the, um, the gateway comparison just cause the, you know, VPN support changed. Oh yeah. It's still like it. <laughs> um, a lot of people comment and complain that it's hard to read on mobile. I'm well aware of that. Cause you know, I, I do that too and go, oh, I can't, you know, 
see it at all. So it's it's a constant battle between how much detail you put in, how viewable it is on a desktop computer versus a phone. Um, and that's why I try to provide them on Google Drive in you know, various different forms. Like I give an Excel version if, if that's easier to, to read or go through. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it was long overdue. Um, I've been working on this version for a while. I still, I just updated my Eero ones and I'm working on a couple other vendors. Um, I'm very overdue to update my like point-to-point and point-to-multipoint radio comparison charts um they're probably at least a year old so yeah that's a lot of tedious spreadsheet work um but yeah i'm trying to go through most of those and and add a few more and then i I also want to try to do cross vendor comparison so i was Mm -hmm. trying to like standardize especially for access points um just like the categories on the left side so that it's the same between vendors so they're easier to look at you know here's one from aruba and here's one from unify and here you know then you can kind of combine them as well and say okay, if I want a Wi-Fi 6 access point and I'm looking at these four vendors, these are my options. Um, so yeah, I'd, I would love to make it more accessible, especially on a phone. So I'm, I'm trying to think of ways around that. Um, but for now, you know, zoom yeah. in. It's all good. And you had a lot of really good feedback on Reddit as well. Um, so you usually post that to Reddit, don't you? So a lot of a lot yeah. of people really appreciate it, which is really good. So it's because, yeah, you actually don't do a massively good job of, well, they don't do a don't do anything really to help you decide what to buy and i think what you do is really really good well yeah they um they do a few good things like they have the unify os console uh resource calculator oh yeah where you can say this is how many ap's i have what do i need that's a that was new a year or two ago that's i really like that um and they do have a very limited like um you know standard versus pro versus enterprise switch comparison just like high level like hey if you need 10 gig sfp plus you have to go to the pro. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I've always preferred an annoying amount of detail. So that's why I do these. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just me. And I, I'm, I'm glad that other people appreciate my, my uh, effort there. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. It's really, really, really good. Awesome. That's all the ubiquity stuff we've got for this month. Uh, as always, you can find this podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. For a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes, and of course, check out the chapters complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. We also have an ad-free premium version of this show available on Apple Podcasts that will help support this episode and future podcasts from the interface. Thank you for joining me on this episode of UI Chat. Where can people find you online if they want to find out more about you and what you do? EvanMcCann.net Fantastic. And you can find the interface at theinterface.uk. And thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what we do, follow the show on all the podcast platforms and YouTube. We have a video version on YouTube. Give us a rating and this helps other people find this show. Thank you, Evan, for joining me on this podcast and we'll see you again next time. Thanks. See you.